0: After Buzz TV's feud episode six, hag exploitation. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. After Buzz TV, and now let the buzz begin. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Just the music gets me excited. You know, this opening blows me away every time I see it, as does the music. There is no Fern Renee, so we're not going to have anyone who really knows the history and no Maria uh, to step right? on all of us. Done. So <laughs> here's the thing. I, I look at it this way Kevin Undergar here. I'm team Fern. Like Fern and me, we're similar. You, Justin, and Maria are very similar. Yes. So I, I think everyone, we're, I think we're well represented here.
1: I think so too. But the boys will take over today. The boys will take over. <laughs>
0: although, a little bit on this you, it's a little bit team. Joan And over here is a little bit Team Betty I wouldn't say a little bit I would say a lot Okay There's, all that a, right, lot of, there's a lot of
1: Joan There's a lot of Joan oh, On this side On that side of the table Yeah I'm just going to speak for myself Well
0: side. I will say In this episode I, I remember saying In um, the previous one That Joan was going to have Her last victory You know Her her final victory uh, With the Oscar You know Undermining um, Betty for the Oscar And when she sat on that bed you know, after all the dust settled and it was like, oh, God, what now? Well, now is now. We're seeing. Yeah. Um, and in this episode also, to take it away from that, there's so much talk about characters at, coming to an end. Their powers coming to an end. Their, their twilight or their midnight. Yeah. Um, and we see a couple of characters actually know they they're, they're going to fight beyond it. But for the most part, the majority of the people had a Harper, Jack Warner you know they're they're uh uh, joan betty they're all feeling as though you know we're at the end and we need to make this great stand yeah this one last stand
1: joan said she hadn't had an offer in almost nine months which back then is a lifetime Mm -hmm. especially for an aging actress and as joan said betty's now doing tv so she's almost at the end of her career too and
0: the dig and wait 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 (laughs) let's be even more specific justin a, you're fighting for a recurring role on Wagon Train, not, yeah. a, not a starring role. A recurring,
1: recurring role. And for people who don't live in Hollywood, when people who are movie stars do TV, other movie stars kind of sort of use it as a jab. Like, yes. oh, you're doing TV. And no, now.
0: and now, and back then, and back now, then now today, yeah. finally, just you guys, just in 2017, you're getting Bradley Cooper, and people who are saying, "Hey, TV's better." Than movies today. Oh, I mean, we gone. we literally have like a like it's like I think a half a percent of of actors out there who won't do movies. I mean, even less. Yeah. I mean, won't do TV. TV. Excuse me. Um, lit and just this year, it, you know, Nicole we, Kidman, right? Yeah, Nicole Kidman, right. So it's it's but back then, it was the curse of death, and yeah. and and, it, and that curse again lasted. Into the 2000s. I mean, like, this is. Yeah. So, to um, so start, That's us If you, if you mind, I'd like to go chronological because let's it felt right like it. every, it felt like a lot of these scenes were, uh, each one was so powerful and so meaningful, beginning with the screening of White Jacket. Yeah. The the movie that Joan Crawford makes with uh, director William Castle. Mm hmm. Castle played by the great John Waters, Unbelievable. Who, who was a huge... He, John Waters is, has always said that William Castle was his inspiration. Yeah. So I think there was a nice homage, Apatow, casting him in that role. Uh, just saying, I would have shaved the mustache, and I would have put on a, um, a white toupee to look a little bit more like Castle, but... I don't know if he can shave that. I think that's tattooed on. Is it really? I think it's tattooed on. Oh, well, it's just so
1: cool. No, it's so cool, but it's so him, but... You know, part of it is the nostalgia of, you know, Castle was such a big cult, had a big cult following. Yes. And John Waters does, too. Yes. So I did mind it. I did mind it. Because, you know, no matter you what. You did mind it or you didn't? I didn't. Okay, good. I did okay. mind okay. it. Because right. you know what? At the end of the day, if you know John Waters, and you you can't mistake him for anyone else.
0: All right. And I really piss off the fans because I know you don't like when I go a little off kilter. But I, I worked with John. He, he did a, um, a narration for my first movie. And it was like my dream come true. I went to Baltimore and worked with him. He's He's, unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's everything you think. And I think, to bring it back to the show, I'm sure he just was so excited to play Castle and so excited to be part of this because he loves, loves, loves old Hollywood.
1: Oh, for sure. And I love that moment where you see, you know, here we are months after the Oscars. Betty was, you know, nominated for an Oscar. Joan stole the Oscar. And now here she is reduced to
0: gimmicks. To promote a horror film that she probably didn't even want to do. Okay, but let's back up one. Let's take one step back before we get to the gimmick. You know what I noticed? So we have this black and white opening, which was the trailer. Okay, and I'm sure. Sh- and I'm sure, knowing no, no I'm saying oh My God, I'm so sorry, guys. Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Uh, if I know Ryan Murphy, that was probably exactly what the trailer looked like. But the black and white trailer, promotional trailer. Oh, for that sure. Featured Joan, and we've got the writer from Psycho. And, okay, what I thought of when I saw it was, oh, my God, I think she was excited to play the baby Jane role, the crazy psycho. I think Joan was so probably affected by, oh, Betty got to do the juicy, awesome role and go for it. Now, I'm going to do it. So when I saw the preview, it was like, think about it. She was crazy. She was, you know, she was violent. Like, and I was like, I bet you anything, she was like, I'm gonna follow. Yeah. And you know, now it's gonna be my turn to show what a great actress I am and yeah. how I can go there. Yeah. And so then cut to the trap door opening of, I've got to go out and promote <laughs> it, and and out she comes in this red dress, which by the way, for production design, it's so stark. Right, yeah, and red beautiful. symbolizes blood. It's yeah. it so so much symbolism when when you see red in movies. But out she comes, and at first she's got a smile, she's swinging, but then popcorn's being thrown at her, and you just see as it goes on. Great, Jessica Lynch, you, you see the drain out of her face. Yeah, right. It's just, I'm. What am I doing? I'm. I'm.
1: Well, the woman has an Oscar. Like, of course, she's like, "What the hell am I doing?" Goes back to silence
0: and is is a huge movie star, you know? Yeah. Um, and it just goes on and on and on. And she does her bit on stage. Cause you know, she's a professional, but then I'll come the little baby hatchets. <laughs> and she's like, even this. And, uh, by the way, for my research, all that was true. They did do the little hatchets. They did like all of this. Um, yeah. Went down.
1: But by the way, she wasn't embarrassed for herself. She was embarrassed that her peers were going to see this, especially Betty. Okay. Like let's be real. Right. She didn't want anyone to know that she was being made a fool of.
0: And still God god lover still hawking the Pepsi.
1: Oh, till the day she died. You know, she probably was buried in a Pepsi can.
0: And the thing is, she no longer had a financial gain from them or a financial stake.
1: No, no, but if you're if people think everyone thought she was the Pepsi woman still. And people also thought she owned Pepsi. Keep that in mind. People and, thought she was still an owner. And, ever and ever
0: so. again, today's Hollywood still goes on. You know, this this there's, there's, uh, it, there's an, an old manager told me this once when we first got Maria and I first got in the business. He said, "Listen, everyone in Hollywood is asset rich, meaning they've got the big house, so maybe they've got artwork or whatever, but cash poor." Of course. And as I'm learning of all these people, like these housewives and and even rappers they've got the oh this giant brand and they're worth 100 million 200 million 300 million i was just on a phone call with um god i think it was the people from forbes magazine and they were talking about how easy it is for celebrities to kind of cook yeah their worth to get the promotion when in fact it's bogus which for sure again we're seeing uh we're seeing from joan um moving on to we go home with mamacita the big giant empty foyer and by the way i love i'm i love jones i'll give team Joan this i like her house better than betty's
1: yeah but you know jones classic she had class betty was more of a more of like a, a brew like a brewing artist like she was yes you know that's the thing yes Joan had to have that big castle to show it off she had producers coming on. She had directors coming over. She had Hedda coming over. Right. You had to have that facade to like. It was all the facade, like facade. are the sugar water, the Pepsi. It was right. all the facade. The woman had plastic covers on her.
0: Yes. And I love her for that—that that she
1: played the role twenty-four-seven. You know,
0: um, I don't love her for playing the role, but I do love her. It tastes better than the 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 when you the contrast of Betty's place, dark. You know. Um, a little bit tighter, crowded. You know, I, yeah. I, I like, but, but, Mamacita and her get together. Oh, and it was so painful when she said, "You're my servant. Don't forget it."
1: No, for sure. But oh, that's her so breaking. hurtful. She's breaking. She's breaking. What do you mean by that? She's taking it out. You know how they say you take it out on the ones you love closest to, because closest you know they'll to take it. Take it. So she is taken out on Mamacita. We've never seen her be this disrespectful to Mamacita before in the whole series it's because now her time is dwindling down and she's
0: desperate. Again, we're talking Twilight, we're talking Midnight, this resonating theme of this entire episode. Crazy. Um, she makes a mention of George Cooker and this is just speaks to what women are going through back then and they're still going through today. But she says, he's five years older than me and he's hitting his stride. Yeah. He's on fire. He just he's just made My Fair Lady, which of course is Jack Warner, is which we will talk about later. Um, And then for her to throw the vase at Mamacita.
1: Losing it. But that's people losing it. She will lose her at some point. And she alluded to it. Like, if you ever do that again, you will lose me. But that goes back to she's losing everyone in her life. Her kids are growing up. Christina and and Christopher are gone. The
0: house is empty. And she says, and she's finally even copping to the fact that the twins are getting older. They can't wear... Those white, white st- yeah, st- whatever is stock here, there's nude stockings, meaning like what, what adults would wear because they're 17. <laughs> now, we I told the story here before about Anita Page, a silent film star, and she would keep her daughter in a crib, yeah, till like the age of 11 or 12. <laughs> and when you came to the house, you'd be like, Oh, do you want to check in and see the baby? And it was all because. If she had a baby, she'd be thought of as young. If she had a teenage daughter, she'd be thought of as an old maid. For sure. And this, and this is a direct callback to that world. Um, when Jessica Lang says, I am sorry, the first one is, she is sorry to Mamacita. But then the rage, I am sorry. It's not to Mamacita. It's it's, you know, it's to the world. Right? Like so I I'm no I, Yeah, I could. As I'm, as I'm sorry, I'm getting old on you, or I'm sorry I can't keep up this facade, or uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be fucking everything to everybody. Yeah, what is that? I'm that scream of I am sorry. You know, I just think it's
1: this moment where you know it's almost over. You know, she's had this amazing run, <sighs> and she had she has no idea what's about to come for her next. But in that moment, her run is almost over, and she knows it. She knows it. This is it.
0: We're gonna well, we go back to that. I believe we. You know what? Let, we'll when we we'll, we'll keep going chronological because they they go back to that room and have a very interesting co- conversation. It's oh, it's when the when when how does okay? Let's go to Mister Jack Warner. And I know you're loving Tucci in this. I'm. I'm I don't obsessed. think there's any bad actor in this thing. I mean, I'm obsessed with him. He yeah right. <laughs> now, you know Jack Warner. Just a little background on him. He was known to be super sarcastic, uh-huh. and this was a – all these, like, moguls were ruthless. He was so ruthless that he um, – he, had, he. there were four brothers, Warner Brothers. His brother Sam, who he did like but died, I believe, in the 20s. Now, I know someone on YouTube or iTunes is going to comment that. I don't know my stuff, so I'm sorry. But he does die leaving the other two brothers, and – what Jack ends up doing is convinces the other brothers, hey, let's sell our shares. Okay, he talks about selling. Little do they know he was gonna buy. It. Yes. The group <laughs> he, he put a group together to buy their yeah. shares and, and take all of Warner Brothers. And when the when the older brother does die in the fifties, he doesn't even go to the, the funeral. funeral. Yeah, no, they stop they never speak again. So this is um, not a not a nice person, but um, hilarious. How funny is it? Like all I kept thinking of was as he's talking to the two young men with the blazer and the security blazer. It's like how could you imagine someone talking to a millennial like that? They wouldn't even know what to do with themselves.
1: They would explode and sue someone and sue. Yeah, and my then you'd be in like bully training at like some like <laughs> course. I swear, people would literally lose <laughs> oh, their minds. Oh my god! You would. I'd like legit be in some sort of like anger management.
0: Okay, so so here's the thing he talks about Lady in a Cage which is is de Havilland um, a movie de Havilland made and he's he, he also talks about Jacket and all the money uh-huh. it's making and he's frustrated because he's like I created this genre uh, these hag movies hag exploitation and we actually looked up these were these were ac- these films there was a bunch of them that came out after Baby Jane uh-huh. they were actually called Psycho Biddy or Grand Dame Cugnol. and and Bonjour Juliette who's our producer in the booth and happens to be from France, gave me the explanation that it's almost like Grand Dame Gugnall is almost like a big big lady puppet in a sense, or a big lady court jester. Yeah. So it's like we're taking these older women and we're just having fun with them. Um, I thought Warner's description of this was, to me, was absolutely horrifying they're too you know these these women who would they were too hot to screw us um but then and but now they're old and we can make we like to see them suffer well, like yeah. back in the day they were too hot for us to screw but now we get to see them suffer and we love it and it's like and we love seeing uh we love tearing our idols down and, and he's this is the greatest thing in the world
1: yeah and I'm freaking horrified well he is like playing the the. Jack Werner is the quintessential man in that era that looked at women like lower than him. And basically, you know, w- what he does with Bob is what he does with women. He talks down to them, he tears them down, and he would do anything for a buck. I feel like he put his mother in a film for a buck.
0: Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah.
1: He and just he to make ap- and,
0: and the way Tugie's playing it with no apologies.
1: No apologies. There was nothing. It was about the money, it was about making the films, and it was about being the, on top of that Hollywood game. And he didn't care who didn't he in it. He
0: didn't care. He mentions Go Go a Goldwyn's finish Mayor I think is dead at this point I think Cohen's on his last leg He's like Zelnick is like a one pastrami sandwich away from a heart attack, but he talks about how he's the last one. Yeah, right. He's the he's the last survivor. And I guess I guess we'll we'll that'll come back up when when Bob Aldrich goes to meet with him. Let's take it to Miss Hedda Hopper. Yes. You know what? Let me break this one down of for course. you. Of course. Please, You know sir. what, Kevin? Please. I can't let you spill this tea. No. Spill it! I don't want you to I spill it. I love when you spill it. No, I just don't want
1: you to spill it okay. and not spill it right. Okay. So Hedda goes to Joan's house. I'm getting the chills. And she goes in there, and I learned this as a child. Okay. My sister taught me this. Okay. You go in, you get the sympathy from your mother before you do the ass. Oh, my God. So you're like, oh, my God, this is out da, da da but this is what I need from you. So she goes in, and she has this rapport with Joan where she almost, she does this whole stunt where she, like, almost faints and then comes up with this story about a heart attack, which I don't even know. And, uh, can I have was, Mama to make you a boiled yeah. egg? I don't know if she even thought it was true, but she, she felt sympathetic for her, and then they sit there. And I think then, she thought it was true. I think, she I think true. Joan
0: has an innocent side to her that she wants to... Well, Hedda's her only friend. Yes.
1: So she she bought what Hedda was selling, but she didn't realize that it came with the small, tiny print.
0: Well, remember, I go back to when Betty asked her to dinner. She was so happy. Like, you you could see the little girl in her. Yeah, she was like, lonely. That was like, oh, okay, oh, you want to go to dinner with me? Oh, wow, I'm on it. You wanted parenting advice from me? <gasps> you know, so yeah. I believe that she, this, this oh, no, heart no. attack comes, and she feels bad. What I think is so astute by you is I... I Hedda Hopper's dead within two years yeah. of this, okay? Historically speaking. So, I thought it was legit, and leave it to you to spill the tea and teach no, me a no, thing honey, or two. No, 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 You go in, you get
1: the sympathy, then you ask for the $10,000. That's how it happens. <laughs> and she asked her, she said, listen, someone is shopping around the stag film. For those who don't know what a stag film is, it's a soft core pornography movie. Yes. Um that they made back in the days that were in black and white that was supposed to arouse a male audience. Um, And she basically presented to her that someone was shopping it around. And she said, I would like to know first, you owe me that. And let me help you get in front of the story. Another another snake charming that she does. Yes. Like, let me help you redeem yourself. And Joan is not having anything of it.
0: She stays, I mean, she stays... Thank God she denies. She denies. Deny, deny, deny. Deny,
1: deny until you die. But I didn't know at that point that she knew who the person was that was shopping around. But you can tell that the mice were turning in her head because she was, like, calculating something. And she knew the whole time that it was her brother, Hal, that was, was, doing, was this. doing this.
0: Um, there's a couple of things we need to discuss about Hedda. And like I, during it, I just mm-hmm. was like, I would love uh, the, I. I hate her worse than I hate Jack because okay, love her like yes, entertaining character, great actors playing her, but I'm just saying horrible because she, when she says, "Oh, the reds, the queers, the whores, the, the, the I've taken them all down," and when, she's she's hitting her twilight, right? Yeah. I I've got 2 years left on this run and this will be my last great thing to get your stag film. Um so she's talking about her end, but she says, after this heart attack, it has me reflect. And Joan goes, and think of all the careers you've made. She goes, oh, no, I didn't think about those. I thought of all basically all the people I was able to destroy. Bring down, yeah. And what a great, like, what how amazing it's been to have destroyed all of these people's lives. What is that German thing? It's called um, Schoedenfrauder or something like that. I'm, I'm sorry, guys, you, again. everyone get your spears (laughs) ready but uh, there's a thing where it's you take pleasure in other people's suffering and pain and she even mentions a woman named Frances Marion and she just kind of rambles about it and I'm sorry and I saw this episode twice guys I promise but I couldn't figure out I went and did research online I don't know what the issue was with the two of them but I will tell you about Frances Marion Frances Marion was um, the most successful female screenwriter of her day in a time where, first of all, writers are not respected yeah. at that time. Still aren't as much, but then they were just known as dirt. But then they have a, a female who's a writer and got respect. She was getting like $20,000 a treatment back then. Um, and she was partnered with Mary Pickford. I mean, she's on the side of female empowerment. Yeah. A healthy female who's, like, who's pursuing the business... Who's who's winning at the game of business? Who's doing it through her art, not hurting other people? And of course, it sounded like Hedda had animosity toward her. So, like I always say, there's like there's nothing worse than someone who goes against their own. And
1: yeah, like, for it, sure. Th- and
0: that's what I mean. Like that's why I, I hate her more than Jack because Jack is like you said, chauvinist pig jerk. Maria Maria's dad's an immigrant from the village, and when Maria's mom will cry about how the men were mean and drunks or whatever and he opened up to me he said Kevin I he goes I saw my dad do terrible things to my mom he's like you know but the men back then that's what they did in the village they drank and were assholes he's like you know, so I'm not going to spend the rest of my life hating them it was just a sign of the times now we know better not to be like that but so Jack fine sign of the times right be a chauvinist he's also an asshole to Bob like you know but for Hedda to go out after her own like that where she had the power you know um, I, I get it with Betty and Joan because there were so few roles out there I get it there were so few roles for women they had to be like that to a degree um, and then everyone played them but it just it was pretty disgusting I'm sorry no, go ahead I don't get that because go ahead
1: team we're Joan like, we're like oh but like, had to help Joan no no but we're like oh it was Jack it was the times you know that's how no they he were. sucks too but you know what I bet you a man made of the way she was I bet you she just Absolutely. adapted. She, it. Gazillion she adapted. gazillion to the times you're right. and was like, you know what? You're right. One, I'm done. You're right. And you know you're what? right.
0: No, you're right. I'm sorry. Kevin, I, yes. here's a
1: secret. We all have our inner bitch inside of us. We all want to unleash her. Her name is Hedda, and she all lives inside our hearts. She does.
0: It and happens. You know, you know what, by the way, you know what a psychologist calls that? What? Your shadow self. It happens. And you have to keep... You, there's a time. Nothing to do with you. the After Show, so again, so delete me. There's a time and a place that you need to bring out your shadow Bitch, self. that shadow comes out more
1: the, than I would like. Okay, well, that's... <laughs> but see, that's the thing. You have to have
0: that control and say, get back in the closet, shadow self. I don't need you right now. But these these people will, like, full-on let their shadow selves rule them. For sure. Which people of lower consciousness tend to do. But you had to do it back in those days or else the men would eat you up. Well, you did. But then again, you know, I don't think... I don't necessarily think Betty did and I don't think... I don't think that Frances Marion did. If you know her story, Well, how did Frances
1: Marion? Whatever happened between Hedda and Frances, you haven't found.
0: I out. have not found out. I'm so sorry, you guys. If anyone finds out, I wish Fern and Renee were here; she'd probably know. I, I I literally went to every article I could. I'm usually good with research. I could not find it. There's she, uh, she wrote an autobiography. It's two. It's literally 150 dollars the book <laughs> because it, she is when out you know she printed it in like 71. But I, I I'm I'm gonna find this book. It's uh, Frances Marion wrote. Um, but okay. Um it's always better to cooperate. Always her last line. It's always better to cooperate. Oh, well she's just letting her know. You know what? It, you know what's so sad you guys, even in um in Hollywood today, in the short run of things it is. And we, I've had problems with that because I have not. But in the short run of things it is cuz there's just a way Hollywood just has a way I find that there's a way of it still exists, but back then especially where it was hug, hug, kiss, kiss, stab, stab rather than confront to the face. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like there's a there's an art of war, there's a rule there's a rule of con a code of conduct for Hollywood war. Yeah. And they don't like it. They like it when you do hug, hug, kiss, kiss, stab in the back. Like, wait, that's our rules of engagement. Yeah, yeah. But when you confront them directly, when you're honest, when you like they don't like that.
1: No, they don't like it. But you know what? Hedda had, Hedda had the right idea. If
0: it's out there, you might as well let her write about it. And you know what? I agree with that. I would do it. And by the way, even if it was an act of manipulation, I agree, let's get ahead of it. Let's get ahead and of I it. And I think that Hedda helped her so much with the Oscar thing that yeah, she could have. But when we, talk, when we get to Hal... Well, I, you're going to give us the tea on this stag film, yeah, yeah. So then we'll find out if then we'll find out if it was well played to deny, 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 or, or if it was better played to have said how to help me get ahead of it. Uh, Bob Aldrich, Um is killing it, but I also love this character because I feel like he's he's got the the he's got a nice balance of the male and female in yeah. him. He's he's got the sensitivities of a female, but he's got the he's got the um the testosterone of a man too and he's struggling to figure it out. He's not he's by no means doing this perfectly, but he's got some kind of compass. He's just not embracing what the problem is he wants to
1: be in the big boys club. It's simple as that. His wife has told him that you know, Jack has told him that. Betty has said in a past episode, he wants to sit with the big boys. He wants Jack to respect him. Yep. He wants to be seen as all these other big, you know, Hollywood directors. He wanted to do a Western so bad that he like gave in to everything that he believed to do this Western that flopped. And he just wants Jack to see him as one of the greats.
0: Okay. But here's why and but here's here's why I respect him and Betty. Is because I feel like he wants to be respected as one of the greats for the the final end is not to be respected. The final end is to be able to make great art. Yeah, getting that respect will get you to the final end of making great art. I feel like that was Betty. Yeah, you know. And to me, working with those kind of people is cool because For sure. I, you know. But there are other people who are like, no, like Jack Warner's Final end is not making art. It's being the biggest, baddest ass. You know, ba- ba- basically ruling the world. Like yeah. that's. The, and I feel like with with Joan. Like I feel like the good art gets you to uh, have a bigger throne, for sure. So that's why I I respect Bob and 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 um and Betty more. Um, but we see even him, he's come to the end of his marriage. He's you know you can see like the he he can't he can't have sex with the wife because he's you know
1: he's thinking about his career. He's in a rot- yeah he's in a rotten place.
0: I'm going to watch Carson. I love that. <laughs> it's another, like, TV. I think it, no, but I really do think it's signaling the end of old Hollywood. Even that line. I know it's just a throwaway line. I'm going to watch Carson. Like, Carson, listen, Carson goes, do you remember Carson? Were you too young?
1: I was too young. I was born in 86. Okay.
0: So you were, you were probably, you were five or six years old, I think, when he went off the air. He went off the air in the early 90s. Mm. But but he he's modern, you know what i mean he's not old hollywood and i think that's the we're moving away we're move, it's 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 ending yeah you know it's it's ending and bob are you going to be the director who has your balls cut off and and gets and fall, falls with the old studio system or are you going to smash through the glass ceiling and go on and you know become a respected artist you know so he's but i love how the wife astutely knows this And I love the strength of the wife, who's like, no, just, you let your ego get in the way, so you did a shitty movie just to prove Jack wrong, Yeah, you dummy, you know, talk about, like, male ego, you know, like, no, go and just make that film. Oh, and she says, and she acknowledges, you can't handle the fact that your last film was successful, and it was women's pick. It's the truth it was women those you made wants, it off the back of those women
1: he wants to be a part of that big boy club that western making film directors and cannot get there and it's killing him it's killing his personal life, it's killing his social life it's killing everything about him but he'll get over that
0: um yeah he does well you know i i he yeah he does um he goes he has his meeting with Jack and jack you know basically they have drinks and says we got to get back in this hag exploitation business um yeah i've got i've got um cousin charlotte whatever whatever happened to cousin charlotte which of course we know is going to become hush hush sweet charlotte um and he's like great go get he's like i want davis to star in it and um uh, jack Warner's like great and then he said and then i want i think ann southern he said as and he's like no you go get Crawford, yeah, and he's like, "Oh no, please, like you know what, you know, no, go make it happen." And they're going to work for less, and you're going to work for less.
1: Oh yeah, and that was, I think that was his like cutting point. Well, actually, he has that conversation with Betty, and Betty gives him the courage to really ask for what
0: he needs. Okay, so let's back up. So we, so so let's talk about unbelievable filmmaking, the montage, back, yeah, and forth, and back and forth, you know between the two of them um i'm sorry one last thing about uh, the, the the this particular jack and bob aldrich meeting i'm in my twilight uh, the sun's going down i want to hang on a little longer
1: did now you get it what's that did you did you see what okay Hedda did the same thing yes. to jump you go into vulnerability you open up and you kind of get that sympathy genius he did the same thing to Bob. He was vulnerable with Bob. He was telling Bob his insecurities. And notice how
0: Bob, like Joan, like the... Uh, uh, they the, bought it. Yes. And he was like, no, that's not true, Jack. I mean, yeah, you just yeah. made My Fair Lady.
1: Like They bought it. And then he goes, you're going to make it. Great. For half the money. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Now... The
1: exact same a, thing.
0: A little shout out to Great, great Filmmaking, the song, um, the fifty song, um, Great Pretender. Mm-hmm. Julia, can you bring that in? If you can, but comes in and, and it's like, well, you're a pretender, you're lying, yeah. right? But then it's also fifties; it's old. It's it's it's. This is we're into like sixty four now, guys. Like we're we're hitting Beatles, like we're yeah, and they're playing this old like fifties crooner music, you know. That's out of it, so anyway. I thought it really set the moment between them. There you go, (laughs) and I real, you know what I mean. Like this is fifties, guys. This isn't sixty four. Kevin, you went deep. I don't even know if Ryan Murphy was thinking about that. I'm sure he was. You went deep. No, no, no. He's He's gonna be like, damn, Kevin. You went deep. You went real deep, Kevin. When you're when you're that great of a filmmaker, the rule is, you use everything at your disposal. You use lighting, costume, you use color, you use music, you use sound design, you use... Uh, the greats use everything, so...
1: You sound like one of those people that have the conspiracy theories about where the books okay. were, were in Harry Potter. Okay.
0: Right. <laughs> you know what? I love those people. Sorry. Um, but, but, you're right. He's, but, but he sucks him in with this. Um, and when he tells him you're gonna do this... You're going to do it, and you're going to even do it cheaper. Was that the thing that pushed his no, last button? No, I don't think he knew at that point. He didn't get it.
1: Because even after he um, even after he said that, he still went to push the movie and to sell it with Jack Warner's, like, with his wishes. Get Joan, get Betty, and get him for half off. He went to those meetings, and he was really he was into in. it so
0: until the, Betty says. So wait, so, so we, we're going back and forth. We're yeah. going from mansion to country house to you know, and I thought it was genius. And the and the the digs that were going back and forth, yeah, right between the two of them. Um, Betty saying, "I'm known as a white faced ghoul now," um, and the other one's like, "I outlasted Garbo," and you know, now I'm like, now you know, I didn't receive you know top billing and back and forth. But what I found, what I found most interesting of that, it's funny, like what you what you. What you took from it was which you always blow me away justin um i my what stuck with me was was joan i want top billing and money yeah and money up front short-term goals yeah betty i want creative control
1: do you remember the line she said after that go ahead she said something along the lines of i'm not gonna let anyone be in control of me anymore
0: I'm through getting pushed, pushed around, and then, and then Bob says, "I know exactly, exactly what you mean. mean." That was the tipping point for him,
1: where he was You're like, good, "Justin, fuck you, Jack. oh, forget you, Jack Warner, I'm done." And that's the moment that he went and put his plan
0: into motion. That's the moment he got his balls back. Because she inspired him. She inspired him, and and you know, you it's it's God, man, like. Joan, um, what what Betty, What listen, they all share in common and, and you, you, is between, well, all of them actually do, is their work is their life. Do you notice that? Every one of these people struggles in personal. Their For work sure. is their life. So um, Harriet, Bob Aldridge's wife, will say, you're only happy when you're working and it's you're all about the fight and the battle and when you're going off to war to make your films. Like that's, all you're into that's what you're in love with not the marriage you fight harder for that and those women than you do for me and then you hear joan say to mamacita um listen uh, you but you you know she says just quit and you can just keep going to parties like no i go to parties to talk about the work i'm yeah, doing yeah. it's all
1: about the work i can't go to parties without talking about having a film
0: right you know and then betty is clearly all about the work i mean you know the the husbands are disposable The you know whatever it's all about the work i just think that jack and betty had the more honest and intelligent approach to the work bob yes bob yeah. yeah bob and betty where they were like betty davis i mean where it was like we want to make the best effing product yeah and let's go all in and that's where you i think they they bonded but you're but you're right she gave him his balls back
1: but they were artists i mean bob yes. and betty were artists joan was a star Joan liked the accolades. Joan liked the
0: spotlight. And just like Jack liked being the mogul.
1: Yes. Betty and Bob were two different people from them. They were two different beasts.
0: See, that's why I'm team them. Those are the people
1: I like. You know what? You you know, I I like them. But to be completely honest, Joan was just honest. She was like, I just want to be a star. I want people to want to have sex with me. I (laughs) love someone who thinks like... Mm -hmm. Like for someone to say that, I'd be like... (gasps) I love her because she's so honest about it, and Jack is so honest about what he okay. wants as well.
0: I will tell you, when I'm around these people, I do like, I do think they're so entertaining and so awesome. Come I do. On. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying, as someone who's work, a filmmaker and a producer, I don't like working with them. Let me say this: I'd rather sit. And talk to Kim
1: Kardashian on a desert island for 45 days. Then who? Then sit in a room with Gwyneth Paltrow or like a Claire Danes who's an artist or like a, you know, um... or like, you know, one of the, like these Shia LaBeouf's of America who want to make these artsy films. I want to be by the pretty bitch who's like telling me about <laughs> her She, won, she You're bad. Like, You're I want amazing. that. I want that. You're amazing. I put
0: that on my life. You kill me. Okay. Um, Jack and 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 Bob, he goes and gets his balls back. I love this scene. I'm so happy for Bob Aldrich. No, you skipped the scene. What did I skip? You skipped Joan's brother. And Joan confronts her brother Hal. Yes, okay. You're right. So at keep the hotel. Quanowabit Chico. Um so Hal Lasur is uh, a clerk at a, a LA hotel. Uh I could not find the name of the hotel. Well let me give you some background. But go ahead, please, sir. Hal is Lucille
1: LeSeur's older brother. Mm -hmm. And Hal LeSueur was like kind of the king of the family. He was like the golden child. He could do no Mm -hmm. wrong. Whereas Mm -hmm. Lucille was like the black sheep.
0: The runt. Mom's runt. The runt.
1: You know, Hal moved to Hollywood in the 30s and tried his way as an actor for almost 20 years. And then gave up in the 50s and decided to do makeup at MGM. In 35, Hal had a huge accident that left one person dead. So Hal was kind of stricken, you know, from the beginning. He had bad luck. He divorced twice before getting to Hollywood. And all Hal wanted to do was be an actor. And his sister became one of the biggest actresses in America. Can you imagine how devastating that must have been for Hal? And before we got to this point, don't forget, Hal had, if you noticed, she mentioned something about, I know this was you because you've done this to me before. How was shopping around the story about how Joan had seduced her mother's second husband?
0: Okay. And that this was uh I, I have his name written down here. I'm sorry guys. His name his name is Oh, um can't even read my own writing. Uh Henry Casson. Mm hmm. Now Daddy Casson. Okay, now Daddy Casson. Now now do you notice how he so Betty Davis calls her Lucille. Mm hmm. Okay. Oh please, Lucille. He calls her Billy. Billy, do you know why? Why? Because Daddy Casson nicknamed her Billy. Oh yeah. He would call her Billy, so that's why he he's and he does say he does throw out a jab about Daddy Casson and those rumors because that they were sexually involved. And that's why he's pushing your buttons, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Remember when? Uh-huh. Remember when Daddy Casson, who you had sex with behind Mom's back, called you Billy? Yeah. So you're Billy to me. Oh yeah. You're not he knows. Joan Crawford. Yeah. You're not even Lucille. <laughs> you're Billy. She is like out of control. But you know what? And
1: the funny part about it is that Stag film in the 1920s, Louis B. Mayer knew about it, Velvet Lips, and tried to buy all of the copies. Okay. So it was known that it, it, you know, went down. But he wanted to protect his investment, and he bought, tried to buy all the copies. Now, this was an underground film, so all copies couldn't be bought. So in 2007, the film was donated to the Lilly Library at the Indiana University, almost 75 years after Joan Crawford's run. So the film still exists.
0: And has they, I mean, do they have they shown it? Has
1: anyone seen it? It's like, there. It runs. It's shrunken from the time, but it runs, and people have seen it. What do you mean shrunken? Like sh- the, the film have like the, the film has shrunken because um, you know it, you know film if you don't store it right, yeah, it like compresses. so does it still? It still runs, and you can see it at the Indiana University Lilly Library, and I'm sure it's online somewhere. I would never do that to Joan. I would never download illegally her stag film okay unless she was getting residual so
0: now so
1: when does it surface in 2007 that's it so so it never never when Hal dies it goes with him and so who so we don't know who picked it up in 2007 who found it it was a collector who had it and didn't realize what he had and then anonymously (sighs) donated it to the Indiana University
0: and anonymously what a good guy yeah, Jesus, and or girl, and and so so how really had a copy? I think Hal was bluffing. I think Hal was bluffing
1: because had Hal had a copy, he would have used it a long time ago. Right, he was so desperate for money. He was so desperate, right. he would have said anything. But you know what? Everyone has a Hal. Madonna has her brother.
0: Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Jennifer yeah.
1: Anderson has her mother.
0: Everybody does.
1: Everybody, you know, no, they no, kind of no, have no, that.
0: No, no, you got it, it, yes, and it's um, y- yeah. It's crazy. And there's a lot of reasons of uh, why, um, but yeah, it, it tends to happen that way where one is super successful, and yeah, there's always one. Um, God, even at the hotel, what do you think? Would I thought it was cool to see a junkie in the early '60s? Crazy. Who like you say, like, you got a buck or whatever? Like, turn it like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but um, we t- the, the 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 you see yourself. You see yourself as the, the martyr, as, as the no, as the runt mom never wanted. Yeah, he's like you, he was astute enough, at least in this in this version of him, this depiction, where he says to her, "That's your tr- we're both trash," and you see yourself. That's what this is all about. Like you yeah. still see yourself as the runt mom didn't want. Yeah, which is crazy. So do we? We'll get to his death scene, right? Yeah. We just, this just lays down the groundwork. She tries to give him money um, and she leaves money for him. But um, God, moving on. And wait, now, are you even sympathetic to Hal? Like you're like sympathetic to all the people I don't like. So what? So like, no,
1: no, 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 no. I, I don't like Hal. My problem is, I got it. Hal wanted to be an actor. He couldn't do it. It never panned out for him. Don't take it out on your sister. Exactly.
0: That's what I... And again, like in, in, to a, into a woman. It's yeah. just like, you know, like... To, no, no.
1: Not even to a woman. To your sister. To
0: your, it's sister. your sister. I'm lucky my sisters don't want to do
1: this. They don't want to be in Hollywood. They don't want to do what I do. My sister's a pharmacist. She would never stab me in the back like this. I'm very lucky. However, there are sister duos... Yeah, there are sibling duos that happen to be, you know, X, Y, and Z. But if you notice, honey, she did the same thing to Christina that Hal did to her. She treated Christina like a sibling, where they fought for, they fought for, you know, right. for scripts, you know, careers. She really, I think she manhandled Christina worse than her mother manhandled her. But I don't think she knew any better.
0: No, she didn't know any better. And you know this weird there's a weird thing with the old Hollywood stars. Like even Lucille Ball was extremely strict as a parent. And I've heard some other old stars, um, again like their nineties, who they're almost angry at the kids for growing up rich. Because oh, sure. they didn't. Yeah. So they're bitter and resentful. And like Joan is just with her kids, like "f you," how I didn't grow up like this. You get, you get to grow up, and it's weird. Like instead yeah. of being like, "Oh my god, I'm so happy," you don't have to grow up like I did. They're like angry.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Those bitches grew up in the Great Depression. Like it must have been tough. For yeah, them. you know what I mean.
0: But yes, and I get and get teaching respect to 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 someone else for for what they have, but I think it's more of an ang I've noticed that. Yeah, I even heard one star say this lady's like 94 and I don't want to say her name but she said about her daughter she's like you know she, what does she know she grew up rich and yeah. she's so angry about it <laughs> and I feel it's the same here and then I also think that um, God they always say like addiction stunts your growth yeah you know and I mean who knows all the drinking and, and, and the drugs and the things like that but and then the narcissism I don't feel like Joan is going to become Evolved enough to be an adult So it makes sense That she's going to stay In the teenage girl mentality So Christine is just going yeah. to be Her competition That's it A, a sibling up um, here Let's take it to the table read uh, Once again and Okay here I'm going too deep I guess But I see the black and yellow car like the black cars, the darkness of of Betty the brooding artist just and, and here's who I am I'm not apologizing and then comes the bright yellow Harry Potter yeah okay I'm being Harry Potter
1: <laughs> <laughs> no no but the two the cars the houses you're right they represent the clothes the Ramacita. they represent two dichotomies I do agree with that she
0: gives her the and the little present with the matches cause she always starts off with a gift with a gift which I love I love that. It's the nicest way to start off. Yeah, I do. I love that. Um, it's a gift and a
1: shovel because it, there's always a dig. But if, well,
0: she's dressed to the nines, and and Betty's
1: there to work. But she knows what you know. Why she's dressed to the nines? She knows that photographer. The photographers coming. are there.
0: And did you see your like just the Pepsi? Oh yeah. Thing? Oh yeah. Like, the Pepsi thing make for the sure food? yes, make but, sure it's authentic. And again, it's not about the art. And so when we get to the table read and betty B, which why i love betty why i'm team betty she's like here's how we can make i'm an artist this is what i love here's how we can make this script better not mm-hmm. how i can make myself look better mm-hmm. and mind you it's like wait why are we focusing on the men this is a this the, it's the females that are going to drive this script and the other one goes yeah and also there's too many commas Yeah, Uh, and I mean, did you do you see the difference though? Like, it's all about it's it's the surface shit, and she doesn't give a shit about the comments. It's just she wants to say something. Yes,
1: but you know what? Here's the thing: she wants a vote at the table. I know you love that Betty's such an artist. I love what Joan sold tickets. Joan was a Hollywood star. She walked on set in a full pearl moment with eight hours of face work on that that mug, and she was ready to take a photo and sell the picture before it was even shot. That's an artist to keep up. That okay. wait, wait, to keep that up. That's art. That is art. Okay,
0: come on. You're right. To me. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's an art. You're right. No, and I and I and listen, I do love it. It's just that I've been Bob Aldrich, and it's so painful to deal with that. Whereas Betty is painful too. But you go Look, listen. I have a couple of hosts here at AfterBuzz. Yeah, that are stars, and they do their own shows. And you know what? Like, they really break balls, but. It's about you know what like, I need the lighting change or I want, uh, I want to I want to bring in these extra video like they want to make their shows better, and it's a pain. But you know what, for it the greater it. good, right? And 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 you know I've seen with other women in Hollywood who have been that way too, and unfortunately guys, um, whether it's their egos or they're just lazy, they don't want to do the extra work. They vilify the Betty Davises. For that, you know, for wanting to be better, for wanting to make the project better, and and so I can see where a a Betty is a little difficult. But you know what? End of the day, she's here making my film as a director or as a producer better, or even as a co-star better. So guess what, man? Take take the wheel. Whereas the other one, that nonsense, like you're right, it does all the other stuff sells tickets, but that stuff does. You know, you have shooting schedules, you have time. It's like, and and you're going to see. That I, you know, it's it's not that I'm going to give you a tease on next week's episode. It's just that I know from the production notes of Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, you're going to see how costly this becomes. This behavior. All right. But I know your team, Joan. You represent very Kip, well,
1: Kevin. Sorry. Do some homework, and. Just follow Jennifer Lopez on Instagram. Just follow Jennifer Lopez on Instagram. Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, what? What are and you talking see, about?
1: Just watch how she presents it. She is Joan Crawford. She presents herself every single day as, like, a celebrity. And that's what sells tickets. That's why people watch her TV show. That's why people, are like, are enamored with her because she sells... On a daily basis, this forty-seven-year-old, flawless, gorgeous, gorgeous, touched by Jesus, drank from the fountain of youth, personality. Watch that, and then look at another artist who doesn't do that, who doesn't sell that every day. Right. You can tell people flock to her, go see her shows, buy her albums, and go s- and watch her TV shows right. because she sells something, and she's an she artist. She sells an image. She sells an image, right? And it's part of the art. Yes, she has a call time every morning to go to the grocery store because she has to get that beach, she has to get that ponytail right, she's got to get the outfit right. She walks out every day as an artist. That's what Joan Crawford did. She walked out of her home every day as an artist. Her house was a set. Yeah. Mamacita was a, was, a prop. A, was a prop. She was always on. So maybe their art form was different. Maybe Betty, you know, Betty was a sculptor, but... Joan was a Monet. She was pretty to look at. But you would love to see what Betty... You like Betty because you understand her art.
0: Okay, fair enough. you. Thank understand you. her art. Yeah, Justin, so you call you. her artist. Thank you. But they're both artists. But they're both artists. Fair enough. Well well stated. Fuck you. Don't come for Joan. <laughs> You're right. Okay. <laughs> I want to shout-out, too. At the table is Joseph Cotton and Agnes Moorhead. Mm-hmm. So just a little shout-out there. Agnes Moorhead smoking, and you could... I, I know her from the days of Bewitch, she just looked you know she looked tired but again that's what they did back then yeah. uh, joseph cotton amazing amazing actor from back in the day um, and i got to give a shout out to my boy vic bono victor bono back again he playing and he's playing an old man he's playing her father in this <laughs> and and this is a gay guy doing this southern accent like it's nothing and so again i've gotten crap for gushing about him i love him but he is you know he we lost him too young i think he was in his early 40s yeah, he'd still be, he'd be in his seventies right now. He'd still be working.
1: And what's that Queen doing? Who's that? The guy who plays Victor Bono.
0: He, uh, we've been talking to him on Twitter. Juliet, didn't Bonjour Juliet? Juliet, didn't we with the actor? We were we were tweeting with him, and he said he would be he'd love to come in and talk to us. So Juliet, will you please get in touch with him so we can get him on for the next couple of episodes, please? I love him. Of course. Yeah, I love him too. I mean, he's fantastic, and he's going to have a good career too. I mean, you know, they they've got their eye on him for this to be in it. Um, Brando isn't begging for a recurring role on, as we talked about, on Wagon Train. You know, like I love when she threw out the Marlon Brando wouldn't. Yeah, and then Joan comes right back, and Joan's right.
1: No, because you know what Betty was. I. This is one of the moments where I think Betty was on her high, horse. And Joan just had to throw that rock at her to get her off of it really quickly. Right. And the best way to do that is to remind a bitch that she's doing TV at that time. Like, <laughs> by the
0: way, you're doing TV. <laughs> remind a bitch. Yeah. Hey. Go, oh, yeah. Yeah. TV. Oh, Boom. I'm gonna remind a bitch they're doing TV. You're I like that. Do yeah, I'm a, I'm a, you're doing TV. You're doing TV. You know, it, it, after this, we see the the official breakup between Harriet and Bob, and. I, she says something, uh, you know, it, it, basically Harry's going to go get her a life back. She should. So I think th- one thing about the Aldriches in all of this, they're the ones who are like, we're not going to accept this. Harry's like, I'm not going to accept this. Yeah. I'm going to get my life. I'm not in the Twilight. Fuck that. I'm yeah. going to go out and do my thing and have a life. And Bob... Same thing with with uh, Jack Warner.
1: Yeah, right. But you know what, Harriet had put up with a lot for years. She did. You know, he was known for having the young ingenue on set. Mm-hmm. It was like this open secret. And then when Betty, you know,
0: I, but I love that she she had the guts to divorce at a time divorce. Remember, divorce in the early sixties. It was it was taboo. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Divorce.
1: Well, oh, how did Betty the artist? Well, Betty's a, star. Betty's a oh, star. Oh, Betty's a star. I'm
0: talking about uh, Harriet. Harriet. Harriet's a housewife. Yeah, and uh, and for her to give up the you know the lifestyle, the money. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think that was, and and you this whole series is centering around. I think the struggle of females. Mm-hmm. Okay, most more than anything, I think though the 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 these eight episodes are about what women in, have to endure, what they do endure, the struggle, the very real struggle that they go through for power. How do you get it? Um, and like you said, helping us understand why Hedda becomes Hedda, helping us understand why Joan became Joan, help us understand why Betty became Betty. But I think that it's, I think Harriet has been so cool to know his deal, give him the best advice, Yeah, best advice he got, which ended up making him very successful. And I've just I think it's really cool that she says, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. But and he mentions I have my whole family Yeah on the thing, but she didn't want to be part of it. She wanted to do her. You know what? I bet you Harriet had that stash,
1: that rainy day stash where she was gonna shoot out. Took her twenty four years to get it. Right. But
0: I bet you she had a stash. I bet you she did I bet you she did. Um so brother Hal. Um Brother Hal Brother Hal at the hospital, um he basically, you know, they they have it out um, one last time. Uh, he says, "I don't have the film," which it seems like, like what what we found out that he really didn't. Uh, and you know, he he indicts her for what she does to their mother.
1: Yeah, which is weird because in the scene previously, he said, "You still think you're the mutt." The runt, she, the runt that mom never that loved. Mom, that mom never loved. Deep
0: down, that's your. But that is your inner. That's your inner psyche. That's your inner psyche. But I love that Hal
1: condemned her for her treatment of her mother, but didn't condemn her mother for the treatment that she gave. That she gave Joan. She was like, "You treated mother so terribly," but did he ever condemn the mother for treating Joan? It like didn't seem, no,
0: it didn't seem like it because he was he was mommy's boy. He was mommy's boy. He was the favorite. That's mama. Yeah, and he loved his mommy, and he was probably the golden boy. And then, you know, we he probably thought, you know, Joan, you were young and you seduced daddy like the step daddy, and you, how could you do that to mom? And then,
1: I bet you Hal was on Joan's side up until she became more famous than him. You ever notice that? You ever hear that that saying,
0: "People like you." until you're a little bit higher than them. Listen, there's three... People will break up into this. Anyone's pursuing their dream, there's three categories. Those who from the get-go are like, I am jealous that you have a dream. I'm jealous of you. I don't want you to make it. Yeah. Then there's the, hey, you know what? I want you to make it. I'm so happy for you. When you make it, that party splits into two. And then it's revealed that the portion of people who really did want you to make it and the portion of people who deep down really didn't want you to make it but when you were on their level they were okay with saying it and they weren't even aware but yeah when you make it it's like now it goes whoa wait a second so you'll find that it separates now like wait you were like for me in my like journey in Hollywood you know it's like from this people people back home have always broken into that I like the ones that were like from the beginning no screw you I yeah. hope you totally fail like I liked them better than the ones that you know I made it all of a sudden you could see in their eyes like they were like like, like upset
1: I'd rather that bitch sit next to me the ones who were like I one. hope you don't make, don't it. make it you'd rather that and I'd be that. like you know what come sit next to me and let's talk about it so I bet you I'm sure Hal that- was just Hal couldn't stand that his It it, it, it must be hard it must be hard when two siblings are in the same profession and one's your younger sister, and she hits it.
0: it uh, you know, it. I'm, I'm trying to be sensitive to other people. It must be hard. It's personally hard for me to understand that because I love seeing other people make it, and if it's people I love who makes it, make it better for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's better for me. Monkeys they, in a barrel. You know, it's, I mean, like, like, I never understood it. Like, Justin, like... I want you hosting with Kelly. Ripper. Then yeah. like my buddy Justin's got like the number one morning show Wait, in America. say that one more time. Uh, yeah, Kelly and Justin. <laughs> Justin and Kelly. Wait, Kelly Ripper. Was, well, Someone tag Kelly Ripper in this. Well, remember we already had from Kelly to Justin, right? Remember yeah. the American Idol movie? Yeah. <laughs> but 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 I never go, I never understood the sentiment because it's like you're my friend and you win huge. Hello, guess who my friend is? Yeah. Like, only good things come out of it.
1: Guess whose boat I'm on this summer?
0: Yeah. Oh. That's what I'm looking at. Right. Like shit. <laughs> I'm on your boat. I'm on your right. boat. Right. And and I don't and I I don't get it, but I guess it's human nature. People don't see it yeah. that way. Um, and but, and he also what? says I want
1: to remind you where you came from. People. Say oh, that to and they me all no, no no listen. People say listen. That to me
0: all oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Because it hit hard, it, it hurt me. Yes. Well, listen, because he's saying, you know, and and really that's that subtext is, I want to. I'm so jealous and angry. I want to be. I'm telling you, you're trash. We're trash together. Yeah. I want. And it's not. I want to remind you, because because when people say, don't forget where you came from. Or, I want to remind you where you came from it can come off as a positive thing, right? Like, to people outside, they go, wow, he wants to help you keep it real, keep you grounded, um, keep you humble. Aha! But, no, he, what he means is, no, F you. I want to knock you down and hurt you. And but the gag is... The gag is what? I wanna, Exactly what you were
1: saying. Yes. I want to knock you down. I'm
0: going to knock you down. And you know, it's fu- funny. Someone, some small-minded person... Uh, came up to a star in Hollywood and said, "Hey, listen, we'll, you know, now I know you're really big." It was like someone from, it was like a high school friend that met a, a, a star. And again, I'm sorry, guys, I don't, I don't want to give the name because I don't want to like violate anyone's trust. But the person said, um, "They," it was someone from high school who bumped into the men event and said something like, "Hey, hey, okay, yeah, last time I saw you, you were whatever, like waiting tables at Chili's, and now." You know, you're on this big sitcom, like, whatever. Just, hey, just one thing. Don't forget the... Remember, don't forget the little people. And, you know, the person came back and said to me, which I thought was so poignant. What do you say? Well, she said... She said to me, um, you know, she just... The person... She was like, well, first of all, I was never friends with this person. I never... I didn't even know this person. This was their one moment to take a swing at me, to take power. Yeah. To say, be on a soapbox and go, you don't forget the little people. And she said, you know, um, I'm sorry. Why would, I, why would I want to endear myself to little people? And she paused and said, let me clarify. I don't mean people beneath me in fame or money. I mean small-minded people. Boom. F them. And that is a small-minded guy that Boom. came up to me to do this. And you know what? Get it... So it's like, you know what, Hal? Sorry. I'm, I'm Team Joan now. Because you know what? Like, you know what, Hal? Yeah. No, I actually want to forget where I came from. I want to forget an abusive mother. I want to forget a stepfather who raped me. You know what? Yeah, I'm good. You remember where you came from because you were the golden boy. It all worked out so good for you. You go back there.
1: Damn! It took Hal, the degenerate brother, to get you on Team Joan. Yes. I mean,
0: you know what? Now I like Hal. Sorry. Now
1: I like Hal because he got you to change. I'm done. I'm out of here. We're done. No, we want to go over.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. But but anyway, he dies. And Mamacita says, "Come, we have to go in the side, our famous side room. We have to talk." And um, Joan goes over to the, fixes the huge drink of like just looks like solid vodka. The big gulp, right? The big gulp. The venti, yeah. And then she's she's, and, and Mamacita says, "Sometimes when emotions are too many, we cannot cry." Uh huh. Right. So what happens? So she makes this call to City National Bank, by the way, still the, no, no. still the bank of all the stars. And I thought,
1: I honestly thought that she was right. calling the funeral home and she picks up the phone, calls the accountant and says, <laughs> make sure you cancel that check on Monday.
0: Okay. And what were your thoughts?
1: I died. And I was like, yes, bitch, I love you.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: You are my spirit animal.
0: Okay. And I'm, again, you're, you're going to hate me for this. I'm team Joan on that too. Okay,
1: you know what? No, no. I I love you for that, but now I like Hal for turning your ass. <laughs> no.
0: Because you know what? It's like, no. Like you went to pay extortion and ransom. You're a single lady who's at the end. You can't pay your bills. I want Joan to have that money. Not this what he first of all he's dead. He's gone. But even his, his relatives no, it was it was blood money, it was extortion money. No, I I love that that's the first call. <laughs> I love that that's the first call.
1: Joan is cutthroat.
0: I don't think it's being cutthroat. This is time I'm team mm-hmm. Joan. How is it cutthroat? She, he threatened her. He's like I I am gonna keep sucking money out of you. I don't even know. I don't even have a film. But I'm gonna keep reminding you, you're Billy. You are raped by the stepfather and abused by your mother and you're fucking trash. Give me more money. No. And it doesn't mean like she went and said, I want to go pee in his casket or whatever. Like, no. um, I have bills to support myself. Give me the money back. That's it. Like, I I get, I got it. Sorry. So, anyway, she says without work, I'm nothing. Uh, We're getting the, we're getting the rap. Listen, don't, Listen, we're fine. It's afterbuzz. We we can keep going. This is guys. Just nineteen sixty four. We go to day one of Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, right? We're down south. We're on the set. Um, um, Interesting how Betty, again being the artist, admits she can't play her young self. I feel like Joan. If Joan were that character, she would think she could play. Yeah, yeah. The young, young sure. version of, of of Charlotte. I love that Betty's like, no, that's ridiculous. I can't. Yeah. And and so quick, as a director's mind, like if you know as as a filmmaker, how she was like, okay, get an extra, put him in the shadows. I'll do the voice. Like, boom, boom, boom. That's a director's call, you guys. And that's a that's a clever director who figures that stuff out. And Betty, right on it, right
1: on it. Joan would just pull it out and do it.
0: She would say, "Make yes, of course." More she would cam- have
1: Mama Cita clip her hair yes. back so hard that her to skin her, wrinkles, put her skin back And
0: she would say, and she would say, "Oh, I, I more can- more air time for me, more more camera time for me." Um, and 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 at the um, at the loss of the film, yeah, which you know, I'm not a fan of. Um, Betty and Bob have a nice moment. Bob's crying because yeah. he's lost his wife and again I think Bob is a balance between the male and the and the female. For sure. He's the most balanced. He's got the bu- he stands up to the bully and Jack, but he is sensitive to these women to a degree and he's crying, you know, and it's, it's a, he's a man you don't I don't Jack Warner would never cry. No. Number 1, and if he did, no he would never let anyone see him. But he's crying and Betty comes and says, "Listen, I you know, she's sent she, it's it's funny. I think she respects people who have talent and who care about the art. And that's her family. For sure. Because she's familiar with him. It's not about, all right, Bob, I'll kiss your ass right now to get what I want with the film. I think it's genuine when she says, listen, we're probably both going to end up alone, but we're not alone. We have each other. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe she's she been through it four that. times.
1: She's been through it four times. She's like, I ran this race four times and here's her shoes.
0: But I think there's a genuine compassion there.
1: I think there is too but Bob took a the thing is Bob when she was her, her, at her most vulnerable during Baby Jane Bob gave her what she needed and Bob gave her the validation right so she has a trust with Bob and she has this camaraderie with him well, because when she, she loves
0: was, talent like go back to Victor Bono she sure, is this sure. young gay no, guy no, no. being she likes my talent. romantic interest because he's talented she likes talent
1: but she also they had a vulnerable moment during the filming of Baby Jane they did they did a, a few
0: a, if, yes yes so it is called being in the trenches together. Yeah. You know what I mean like you, when you when you fight in the trenches together you bond.
1: But they also had a moment in the sheets,
0: which makes it even sometimes can't forget it worse. that
1: don't be like oh she's an artist. No no, call it like it is. They had a moment Listen, in the
0: sheets. Artists have a voracious appetite.
1: All right. They do. I'm just I'm just saying don't make her seem like it's because he's just an artist. There was a moment. Okay. Where she pulled the drone Crawford. Am I right? was it to get what she wanted or to, because she it didn't, it did, she had a moment. A moment is a moment, okay. Kevin,
0: but I don't think it was a power play as much as it was. They were both weak in that moment. And I think she loves art and she loves his talent. And I think he loves her too. And okay. her talent.
1: All right. I'm going <laughs> to, no! I'm going to start saying they You're love Jones me. talent. They, lo- they, okay. they love, they right. love Jones okay. talent.
0: All right. So Joan arrives. And this is all true, by the way, uh, no one picks her, and Mamacita, up at the airport at the six o'clock flight to Baton Rouge, and there's no room for her at the inn, at the hotel.
1: And she keeps it calm. She does. She
0: keeps it calm. But she's simmering. But, but but she but she keeps it calm. She keeps it calm. Did you see how Betty? How cool Betty was with the staff. Like, Betty's, like, in regular clothes, carrying around a bucket of ice and champagne, and she's, like, on a first-name basis, back and forth with the lady at well, the... Well, Betty bed. had been
1: there for a few days.
0: She did, but I also think that she, again, is more down to earth, which we've talked about than Joan. Like she she's, is. She is more down to earth. She, she's more down to earth, so she's, you know, which I thought was cool. Um, interesting quote when is in the hotel and we're right next to the garbage, and she says... Uh, th- this is the sweet smell of rot. Okay, and I'm going to go Harry Potter on you, but again, are we not seeing the sweet smell of rot? Head is rotting in age. Rotten as a person. Do you know what I mean? Jones rotting with age. They're all rotting. They're rotting fruit.
1: Kevin Potter in the Stop. Chamber Stop of it. Secrets. And
0: remember the sweet smell <laughs> of success?
1: No, for sure. I do get that one. I just don't like how people think Louisiana stinks because it doesn't. I'm from there. i lived there for 22 years of my life. Louisiana smells well, amazing
0: well, it all goes back I don't think that they're necessarily saying that what it goes back to Betty's line We're not in Beverly Hills. yeah, we're in Baton Rouge. okay so I think that's really what they're saying that there's a contrast. It was probably super humid yeah like think about you know what it was um so Joan continues to try to keep a stiff upper lip try to hold his gut and she's actually being positive about being in this tiny. Tiny like motel room. She's it looks like she's going to sleep next to Mamacita. She is okay, and and she's actually holding it together. I'm proud of Joan.
1: And what happens?
0: She calls Bob to right. And who was
1: there? Betty. And what was Betty? What was Betty doing?
0: They're having fun. Haha. Arming.
1: Yeah. Oh, because they like each other's talents.
0: They do. I forgot.
1: I forgot, Kevin. They do, Kevin. I forgot. Okay, they like they each other because they're because they're artists. What
0: I had heard about Betty. When she was the type of actress that she was having fun on her shoot, she was partying with the crew, partying with the, she was that person, you know, and and just from all her movies, you know, right. like so she she, okay, what?
1: I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to see how you're gonna flip this, but when Joan hooked up with the director. or a casting casting agent. It was different.
0: Because I think Joan was... It was a power play. I think Betty genuinely is... is, This is what she loves. She loves being on set. She loves doing make-believe. I think Bob loves that too. The wife said, you're only happy when you're on set and you're working.
1: Okay. (laughs) By the way, Harriet's underwear was still in her house. The body wasn't even cold yet. But...
0: I get it They're artists They were just doing
1: The Joan Crawford
0: And they really did have. And by the way So Aldrich really does Have all his kids Working on that movie
1: And you know It's going to get back To Harriet You think? Oh Hedda's going to find out
0: I think You know what though I kind of think We're done Nope I think we're done With Harriet I think there's Certain characters We're probably Done with We might be done With Warner Now You hear the No 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 no
1: He said I'm going to sue The pants off of you
0: Oh, he's
1: going to go after them.
0: After Zona. Okay, it. I don't spoiler alert. Does, historically does he?
1: I'm not going to ruin it for people at home. Mainly because I don't know.
0: Justin, ah, okay. So I don't <laughs> think he does. I think I think he's done. I think Harriet's done. I think I think they're done. I think we've wrapped them. I mean, you might see them for episode 8 briefly because we we went on they went on the 7 episode journey with us, but no, I think I think it's now going to start winding down to get between the more and more to the two women, the two women the yeah. Two women. and and listen, uh, lastly, I'll say is Bob Aldrich, he does go on to have a magnificent career. A magnificent career from this, from this moment forward.
1: You um, really have something for Bob and Betty.
0: God, can, we, listen, can we cut this? Justin, <laughs> where do we find you?
1: At the Lady Sitter.
0: At the Lady Sitter. I'm at Undergaro, and please um, uh, check me out on The Tomorrow Show at thetomorrowshow.com, Mondays and Thursdays. I got to get you in there to co-host
1: <laughs> Let me know so yeah. I can come call your ass yeah, out oh all day. Oh, my God.
0: And I, I, listen, I like it. I like it. I like being challenged. I like learning, you guys. We will be back next week. We'll have Maria Meninos and Fern Renee back. We'll have a full panel. And um, we'll keep figuring this out, you guys. Until then, please keep on after buzzing.